today I want to welcome Chris Settler to our show. Chris is an old friend and I knew his parents very well and Chris now runs Ziggy's German Bar and Restaurant in Salt Rock. Welcome Chris. Hello Olga, yeah, thanks for the invite. So Chris and I met many years ago in Wartburg. Chris's family used to own the Wartburger Hof. When did you guys buy that? Can uh, you remember? 1991. 91. Sold up in okay. Joburg and moved down there. So. Okay. And, and Chris was born in, in Berlin, in Germany. And uh, him and his family moved to South Africa when... Yeah, no, well, 1969. So I was 16. still yeah, very young, oh. two years old. <laughs> yeah. I'd just been yeah, still in okay. nappies. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my parents wanted to come for one year just... Um, to see what it's like yeah, and that was it never went back and your dad was he was an artisan uh, yeah confectioner confectioner, confectioner okay yes, and that's yeah. not something that you take lightly in Germany it's something that no it's a huge thing yeah it's a it's master a big thing. confectioner so he did a good few years of apprenticeship and then um, of course a degree afterwards and yeah then he came out yeah thinking that he can do, do his confectionery, yeah, but it took time. And, yeah, and there's yeah. not really a market in Southern no. Africa like there would be. In no. But um, he did a lot of, uh, we eventually, when we got here, he first worked for a, a, a Swedish company selling baking goods. Okay, But after because you would have known that business. Yeah, but after three weeks, I realized he can't speak English, so he lost his job, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, the, yeah. and you were living on the East Rand? Yeah, in Benoni then, Benoni, okay. a, a little... Flat lit there, yeah, but um, yeah, they didn't have much money, so yeah. yeah, they just had to make ends meet. And um, like most immigrants, yeah, it was you... tough. Yeah, they came with two hundred um, D mark at that time, and that oh. was all they had. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when did they start the first restaurant? Uh, they were very lucky then. Then after that three week stint um, with no English, my dad um, got a job at the Holland Sabakere in Eden in Edenvale. Yes. Okay. Um, but also not for too long, and then he got an offer for in a confectionery in Springs, funny enough. Okay. Um, can't imagine that today. No, you can't, yeah, in the center of town there. Yeah, and the, and the owner there was actually about to retire, so after oh, probably a year or so, my dad working there, he offered the business to my dad, my dad said, well, <laughs> I've got no money. And I think in those days it was much easier, and people were more honest, and a handshake yeah. meant a lot. And he said, "Well, just leave your passport here as a deposit, and pay me as you can." Yeah. And that was the start that of worked. it. That worked. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That, like an owner financed yes, business. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. And how long did he do that for? Oh, many years. That okay. was probably yeah, pr- uh, good. Well, my whole school, really. Okay. Yeah. So you really grew up on the East yes, yeah. okay. We had other businesses with that. Then you know the, the confectionery. Then started a restaurant, and we had a hotel for two years in the centre of Springs. Um, okay. But it was a um, good experience. But uh, in the end, then yeah, they sold up and wanted to take it easy, move down to the north coast, and um, then the Wartburg Off came up in 1991. Okay, yeah, and that's really where we are. Th- I think our paths cross yeah, because well, that's right in the Bavaria days. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, your dad was uh, probably. I mean, he was definitely one of our biggest customers. We sold a lot of Bavaria and Wartburg, uh, yeah. both in the hotel and in the bottle, bottle store. store. That's right. The bottle store is now a little tops. Um, that's right. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah, but there was. Ama- I mean, that bottle store was nice, and that for me, I. You know, it, it stocked a lot of stuff that I found interesting. All the German schnapses and stuff that you can't, you hardly find anymore. That's true. Yes, I don't know. You, you're so right because at the, in those days we used to get a lot of different schnapses. It seems to have died down. I don't know if the market's not there or if it's yeah. the affordability. 
maybe it's the import duties, but could be. Um, and and I think the Germans that are in the country have also adopted, I think, the local drinks. Definitely, I mean, there was a big surge of German immigrants into the Sassols and von, you know von der Bell Park. All That's the engineers right. yes. came to South Africa, I guess. Uh, and uh, the, the German clubs were, were very strong. Strong, yeah, for sure. That seems to have died down a bit, you're right. Yeah. Yes, and in Pretoria East, there's a strong German food culture. I think the German restaurants in, in Pretoria East are doing very well. But, I mean, uh, I think the Wartburger Hof, that did, did well. It did very well, yes. No, it had we a strong German community around it. Very strong, and they were great, and they supported us really well. Yeah. So that was nice. And, of course, we got the people from... Out of town on just especially weekends, even yeah. for just a midweek break, um, okay. families, um, couples. I think they just enjoyed that ambiance of, yeah. of that a little bit of German German Gemütlichkeit. Yeah, and, say, the, yeah. and the big highlight I think was always to drink a Weissbier at definitely at, at, at the, 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 the Hof. Hof. Yes, yeah. Yeah. If you could afford it. <laughs> True. Not, not that no. the Hof was expensive, but no, the beer. but it, the beer was. Yeah, but yeah. I think every now and then one is allowed to spoil oneself and have one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then your—I mean, your dad was about to retire. I remember, we helped him move some of his stuff to to Belita. He he bought right. a new flat. Can you remember yeah, that? I can very in, well. In our yes. sprinter, instead of That's shoes, right. we were doing furniture. Furniture, I do <laughs> very well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when did you open Ziggy's? In uh, September 2008. 2008. So it's nearly ten now. years. Yeah, nine, Yeah, and. Yeah, and to, I mean, there's a strong German community in this area as well. There is, um, yeah, I would say so. But they, they support us very well, but I think also the local South Africans, they enjoy something different. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of other types of nationality restaurants around, and I yeah. think Germans one where there's not too many around. Not, not everyone's taste, we know that. It's a very rich, hearty food, yeah. so, yeah, it's not something one can do daily. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could. Um, somebody said to me, there's 15 decent Italian restaurants in in the greater Durban area and I think there's only one one lonely German restaurant there's nothing else I mean the next one would be Bierfassel which is in, in the Midlands in the is. Midlands and Münchner House on the south, south coast, coast. That's right, nothing yeah. else the German club doesn't really uh, have that German feel anymore no unfortunately it seems to have um, petered off a bit yeah uh, Maybe, Holger, you want to try and revive it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, uh, there's another club, I think the Zimbabwean club. Um, and, okay. But tell us a little bit about uh, the German, German food that you serve. Uh, what, what, I mean, your father was from the south. He was a... A, a, a Schwabe, yes, from a Schwabe, Swabia. Which, yeah. is a, which is a very different menu to, to I guess, North where, Germans, where your mother and um, I come from. That's right, that's... <laughs> Yeah, um, I think uh, my dad always used to say because he was South German, so he always said he's, he's like half um, Italian because it's Italian okay. border. So maybe that's where that Schwaben food also comes from. They like uh, um, their pastas and yeah. their dumplings and things. So I think that's either been taken from the Italians a bit, or the Italians took it from the South Germans. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they like that pork, of course, a big um, speciality in all of Germany. I would say. Yeah. And I think that also started not just because it's a, a nice um, meat, but I think it's always an afford- affordability thing. That, um, yeah. Pork was, of course, a big seller. Uh, so, yeah, we, um, I learned through studying. I studied in Germany, did hotel management oh, and you? chefing. Okay. Yes, after my matric, I was there for five years wow. in, in München. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then the outskirts of München. 
worked in Passau and in, in Göppingen for a while. Yeah, just gaining a bit of experience. Did, yeah. did, you, did you did you do like an? Uh, I did um, one year hotel school. Okay. Yeah, um, where I was in a in a. Um, Internet, yeah. what's the internet in you know, a hostel? Like yes, a, hostel. At, uh, a res there, yes, yeah. um, which was um, functioning as a hotel but only among students. So we were 500 students all in all, wow. and um, half of them would have theory, a big, huge hotel. Um, yeah. Half would have theory one week, and the other half would do practical. Okay. So you would be serving the theory students, either to cook, preparing them breakfast, lunch, dinner, bar, reception. So it functioned as a Five-star hotel, I would say, but just among students. Wow! Yeah, so it was great. So the we had, customers we had proper were just were hotel you, were your co-students. Yeah, we had okay. proper hotel rooms that we shared with the co-students and that, and, and you learned to make the beds and all everything that. Yeah, ah. from scratch. Yeah. Okay. So that was very interesting. And then after that, we had to do an apprenticeship for another three years. Okay. Yeah, which okay. I entered in in Stuttgart area. Okay. And when yeah. you started, you were treated like a piece of nothing. Oh yes, yeah, I know you. You are stift or what? what yeah. did you stift? Yeah, yeah. lehrling, yeah, which yeah. is an apprentice. So you do everything you know, from washing dishes and housekeeping yeah. and cleaning, yeah. And then you work your way up slowly. So in second year and third year, you become like the, the, the higher um, yeah. stift or, or apprentice, and then the, the, the new ones that join you, they've got to do the, the hard work. Yeah. yeah. But very good, very educational. I must say, I think that hands-on experiences definitely helped me a lot. Yeah. You know, I had a good hotel. Good, it was a family hotel. They had sixty odd rooms, but in Stuttgart or in the Göppingen, yeah. So it was a Göppingen, which is about twenty kilometers out of Stuttgart towards Munich in that direction. Okay, so not towards area. the wine area. No, no, in the Schwäbische Alb. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and, okay, and tell us a little bit about the different cultures. I mean, if you've worked there, can you, um, in, in terms of the, the beers or the, the whole drinking experience or the, the food experience in the different regions of Germany? Did you experience that? Uh, you do, but I think, of course, the south of Germany um, is a very big beer area yeah. and wine, but they, well, I'm saying the south of Germany, they like their beer in, all over Germany. Yeah. But there's different types of beer. I think more in the north, it's more the Pilsners mm. and the Lagers, and where by the south, especially... Um, from Stuttgart down south towards Bavaria and to the Austrian border is a lot of vice beers. Mm. Uh, in the north, it's only really in the last, I would say, 10, 15 years that mm. vice beer has also grown as, as, yeah. a, as a beer drinking type of beer. But yeah. um, they still like their pilsners, which is a big thing. And, and um, yeah, and then like um, there's different ways of a pilsner is poured totally different to a vice beer because it's filtered and. A, a good um, German Pilsner drink always says you've got to wait seven minutes for your Pilsner yeah. to be poured you know, from a tap. Yeah, and um, uh, I mean, and, and the ser- doesn't mean the service is bad. It's it's, it's, it's supposed to be. They like know it. about it like that. Yes, yeah. yeah, because you pour a little bit, you have a good um, head on the top, and you've got to wait for that to settle before mm. you top up again and top up again. Yeah, and yeah, I, I suppose once they get their first one, they probably order their second one straight away. No, <laughs> otherwise they're going to wait too long. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And one thing I find in Germany is that the wait- waitrons or waitresses always they don't use computers, so no. everything's done by hand. It's and everybody has a split bill, but. If, the waitress waitress knows exactly, exactly what's going 100%. on. Hundred percent. It's she, so different for them. It's a profession. Yeah. It's not it's just a job. It's not a, not just a, a filler career. Yes, yeah. Fill in your student yeah. or your yeah. pockets. Definitely. 
Um, so they're yeah. proud of being waitrons. Very, and, very and much so. Yeah. Yeah. And they know their products. And they, they, you can do an apprenticeship. People do apprenticeship just to become a kelner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you can be an oberkelner, which is in the headwaiters, and have your team working under you. Okay. So it really is. It's nothing to be um, you know, embarrassed about yeah. at all. And then I find that, I don't know, I, in South Africa I find that people often just want the top jobs. Nobody's prepared to do kind of a, a manual job. Definitely. Um, and do you have problems with staff here? I mean, where do you get... We're very lucky that we, you know, we run quite a small staff complement. Okay. Um, and I try and keep it that way. And our waiters and, and our kitchen staff, most of them have been here since day one. Okay. Which, which is really good. So we're a good team. And we have, yeah, a family where you have your ups and downs and you'll have your arguments. Yeah. But the next day... Yeah. sorted out and, and it's forgotten. But you taught yes. most of them or were they experienced? Um, yes, yeah, I, I have. And I try and, and I try and we do a bit of training yeah. every so often, not often enough. And just to, when they've been here long, it's also difficult for them, just like me, one becomes complacent. So we need to motivate each other yeah. just to, you know, be there. And you know, customer's king and you've got to be there for them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, I mean, one thing, on my recent trip to Germany, I found it's, Customer service in South Africa is often over-exaggerated. I mean, you, you sit down and 14 people come to you and say, if you're okay, have you been helped? Whereas, in our, I mean, especially for, for Europeans, I think it's a little bit overwhelming. I'm sure we it think is, it's yeah. We think it's good service, but, um, I mean, I don't need to be asked 14 times if... If I'm okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think some sometimes it does get overdone, as, um, and like you said, it might become irritating for people. Mm. Yes, yeah. so I've seen it as well. We, like I say, it's different because um, there's myself and Max. We are hands on ourselves, so mm. and then we just run with five permanent waiters, and they work yeah. in shifts. So they got to be on the ball, and yeah, uh, yeah we have to push them every now and then because it becomes it's long days, long hours, yeah. hard work. But nice, we have lovely customers, I must say, um, good local regular support. And um, yeah, it's, it's been, the past nine years have been really good to us. Yeah. And, uh, you, you and your dad have always been good at selling, um, and, and that's why I'm particularly interested, you've always been good at selling imported beers. Or even, I mean, your dad supported the Bavaria, the local beers, very well. Mm. But um, how do you think you do it differently from, from a normal restaurant? Yeah. I mean, is it the beer? Is it just the German beer culture, or is it? I think I think it's got to do with that, and I think, of course, with us being a German restaurant and they associate mm. a German meal, Eisbein, with a, a Weiss beer. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I think that has got a lot to do with it. They, you know, they probably think well, we had a German restaurant. We've got to try the German try beer and different. the schnapps, something different. Mm. Yes. So that works well. I think we don't overprice it. Uh, some yeah. people because that, that does get very costly yeah. so I'm be quite fair with our pricing on it and you know, I don't want to rip anybody off but we also have to make a living of course yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the whole experience I mean a vice pair for me and, and I mean I didn't grow up in Germany but having a nice German meal goes with a with a big beer and preferably a draft and I mean now there's lots of different drafts available so it is much easier than 20 years ago when we started definitely it was tough then yes, because then there was only really imported bottles available yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I nearly forgot your dad bought a brewery Can you, <laughs> when was that? 
Yeah, we must have been there, so we bought 91. I think it was probably about 97, round about there. Okay. 97, 98. And a small he, one, he 500 litre. A yeah. Braumeister 500. It was a Braumeister. That's I think. right, yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, similar to the one at Lions River. He, I think his brewery is a little bit smaller, but it's... it's uh, mm, very manual one, our one was. So, yeah, yeah, but, but you, worked, could, yeah. you could do everything in the one pot, I think. Yes, and until the fermentation process, and, yeah. then, and then it went into tanks. And then you had the a fridge, few tanks. Yeah. And, and where did you guys learn to brew? Well, the guy that actually, the, the, the company that produced them, he came over from Germany. Oh, okay. yes. And he taught you? And he taught us, um, the base, he was there three weeks, so then they, after they that, brewed every day. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, um, we had a, my dad had a friend who was a hobby brewer, but he was also a chemical engineer at um, Mulets in Maritzburg. He's unfortunate. I think he, his name was Andrew Pitchford. Okay. Yes, uh, and he was very good at that, and he also with recipes and, okay. and and testing. And so he came out a lot over weekends, and then they would brew together. And it was trial and error. We had some flops. Yeah. And, uh, in between, we had to throw many liters away at times. Yeah. yeah. Can you remember what the brewery cost? Um, at that time, I'm thinking in rands now, converted. Or well, even in Dutch marketing. I think it was euros already, but okay. it, it, it was about 35,000 euros. I think at that time it was like 1 to 10. Mm. Um, yeah, about 300,000 rand, roughly okay. around there, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With him coming out, we gave him free accommodation. Yeah. Said, yeah, but he made a holiday of him, a very nice guy. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, and, and that was it. But that was the whole thing set, you know, brought over, set up for us, installed. Yeah. They did all of that too. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what was the response? Mixed. <laughs> <laughs> because before that, I think we had Bavaria draft on tap. We tried Pilsner Urkel. Yes. Not mm-hmm. we, but your dad. Yeah. Or you. Um, I don't know what That's else. And, just, and then the local SABB. We that tried the SABB, but nothing yeah. really worked. No, right? it worked well. Especially, um, I'll be honest, the locals, because it was a bit more pricey, they yeah. would still stick to their, you know, because they would be there regularly to their ones. But... Um, our out-of-towners it, it did very well and okay. we would also fill bottles for them to take away we had the big yeah. two, um, one litre and two litre flip-lit bottles those growler uh, things yes, uh, yes. Okay. and um, we'd have a little filling station there and they could actually come and exchange full one for empty okay. ones and take them with which was very in, popular in the, uh, 97 yeah. wow mm-hmm. okay that's interesting. So, yeah. a growler station in Wardburg in 1997. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> Not as sophisticated as the ones nowadays, no. but it worked. Yeah. But I mean, the, that system works all over the world. Yeah. You know, why should we over engineer everything in South Africa? Yeah. And, and I know the liquor laws don't play with us, but I mean, it would be lovely for me to just bring my growler and fill up one mm-hmm. of your drafts after I've had. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, yes, After I've had lunch and to take home, yeah. especially here at the beach. And I must just describe this this location. We're sitting here under an umbrella um, and palm trees and overlooking the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Not many, I mean, if Mr. Erdinger could see this, uh, I think he'd come and send his... his his ad agency f- to film the location because I think it I think we should send him a film of that. Just to, he won't, you're right, he won't believe it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, we we used to joke. Me and your dad. He always said, "Okay, next thing a distillery, we want to make schnapps." And your mother said, "No." She put her foot down. That's I right. Know, yeah. I don't know if she really asked it, but your dad was known for smuggling schnapps. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, a bit in, of a moonshiner. Sure. <laughs> uh, anything he could get is... I mean, it was really expensive to buy this stuff in South Africa, so um, yeah. anything he could 
smuggling in the suitcase. They were family came, or he went over yeah. to Germany. He'd have his five-liter, I don't want to talk too loud, but his five-liter container. Yeah. And um, he would um, go to the local distillery with my at his family's really? area yes okay. yeah, in, in, uh, just uh, we're outside in, in Burblingen yeah. and there was a little family distillery there that were doing Apfelkorn and yeah. Kirschwasser's and uh, uh, Williamsburn and all that he'd bring it back and he would uh, he'd, he'd make my mom put a five litre in her suitcase and mm. he'd take a five litre in his suitcase in between the clothing yeah. and it sealed properly and um, yeah and then he would bring it back yeah, and, then and I mean we all know it wasn't to, to avoid excise duty it's just no it's just it, we couldn't get it couldn't get That's it, it. Yeah. Um, so is that family still going yes sir they're still the there distillery, yeah. hey. mm-hmm. where's Böblingen Böblingen is outside of Stuttgart um, I don't know if you Waldenburg is the little town actually where it is okay. which is part of Böblingen it's like a little area of, okay. of Germany, Germany yeah. where um, Rittersport chocolate comes from same okay. area yes. yeah it's uh, amazing in, in Europe where these small villages can have massive massive companies yeah. and brands based yeah. in the middle of nowhere that's in rural it is yeah, it's out in the country it's beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. and that's where Rittersport comes from yeah. unbelievable same area yeah. yeah and probably next to it is, is the Adidas factory or something like yeah. that Mercedes. <laughs> Mercedes yeah. <laughs> and then we're far away, to be honest. Oh, really? yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah. the brewery, I know that Max used to brew a little bit. Eh? He also helped, yes. Yeah. When he was a chef, so chef, I mean, he, he was knows a hands on, yes. Yeah. And my dad would, yeah, they'd do it together. Because it was quite a manual process. So it would be the whole process, until it gets, goes into the fermenting tanks, would be a whole day for them. Okay. So they'd start at six in the morning with heating up the the vessels and that and before that they, they might show the crushing of the, of the malt and that and yeah Max would definitely help and they would be the whole day busy and then and getting it up to the right temperatures and then the cooling it down again and then yeah. adding the yeast when it goes into the fermenter so yeah that was a, a, a quite a bit of a process uh, but they loved it I mean for them it was once a week they'd do that and it was a highlight for them yeah. and then I think that, you know, six weeks down the line to see the finished product was even a better highlight yeah. sometimes sometimes and, not, uh, and what yeah. did they brew can you remember yeah, what? I can yeah we did um, a Mertzen mm-hmm. which is uh, more of a bit of a golden coloured beer they added um, to the normal malt they would add a caramel malt to it gave mm. it a bit of a sweeter taste and then the hops gave it that bitter after as a very nice beer um, vice beer we also did a uh, bit of a few flops there at times because different yeast yeah um, yeah and um, so we had to actually get that yeast in from at that time there was no top fermenting yeast mm. really available in the country so we had to fly it in overnight um, with DHL from from Germany from mm. Wein Stefan we yeah. actually got it from them yeah. okay uh, and then um, use it and then we, we, my dad would try and culture the yeast you know, for the next brew and the next brew but you could only do it for four or five brews and then you'd have to get a fresh culture okay. and, um, I remember there was a guy called Stefan at the very right, he yes. used to send buckets of yeast he did yes yeah, that's in the right, container yes, yeah. and then I'd <laughs> smuggle them and yeah. then get them to your dad correct yes um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, obviously the guys were there was a bit of support. Notties was going at the time. Notties was going, yes, yeah. I think they were still quite small. I think he still had his little system there as well. Then. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I think he was the pioneer. He was probably the first one in Natal yeah. before us. Yeah. He was before you, but the first guy that I can remember is Crawford's. Yes, and, and, and brings back memories. Yeah, right. and Peter yes. Dean actually bought, or Peter's father-in-law might have been bought that little 50 litre system from at, a, at an auction really okay. and is that how it started that's how it started and it was very similar to your story I mean Rawdon's Hotel 
The reason they started brewing is because SAB refused to give, supply them with draft. Can you imagine? Exactly. I mean, yeah, and they've created not a big monster, but they've yeah, created no, no, a, a, a 21-year-old brewery because Peter Dean couldn't order 50 liter of Castle Draft, so he bought this little 50 liter system and they Good started brewing. Yeah, the show is there. Yeah. Oh, he's probably doing, I don't know how many hectoliters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he said, big, yeah, when I interviewed him, he said it was his, his, I mean, he's never sold as much beer as he's selling now. Not a lot in, in, in the trade, more at the, at the brewery. Really? I mean, at the, at at the, the, hotel. At the hotel and yeah. at the brewery, they've yeah. extended their tap room and they've just started distilling gin as well now. Okay. Yeah, mm. so I think it is nice if you own your own property. Because you can do these things. Yeah. I know that you don't, but yeah. I mean, that would be a, a dream, I it guess. It would be. I think it would be nice to have a little brewery in, in Belize. Yeah. 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 So if anybody knows of a nice location, let uh, us know. Let <laughs> Chris know. Um, yeah. So when you sold the hotel, I saw Andre, what was Andre Bruce? Bruce, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. And he said to me that they. The group moved uh, the brewery into Joburg, into downtown Joburg. At head office in, in Bramfontein. You yeah. don't know what they're doing with it, so. I've asked them, um, apparently it's just standing there idle at the moment, or still. Mm, not even idling. Not even idling, yeah, just um, collecting dust. Uh, yeah. But uh, the um, CEO still says he still it's once, one day wants to yeah. utilize it again, so it's not for sale or anything, because no. I've tried it at the moment. No. Yeah. Did you want to buy it for... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia, or because you <laughs> no, but a both. I was actually thinking of maybe brewing again. Yeah. Yes, but it's very difficult, also with licensing and, yeah. and and taxing and that. So one would have to do one's homework first before one does. Yeah, it, so. it is a license issue because, especially, I mean, you need an industrial site to brew. Correct. Which yeah. isn't a problem in Belita. I mean, there's there's plenty little industrial factories, I guess. That's also true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be nice to have it on the site where you've got your restaurants. Yeah, in, because you know, it so gives, you, gives you that extra. Correct, yeah. Um, a friend of mine um, brews, does brewing classes and he brews on site, but then once the yeast is pitched or they pitch the, the yeast off site at his brewery, so he's got an industrial brewery on his plot, and at his restaurant, they only do the brewing process, they brew, the, make the beer, but it ferments off site. So you don't, okay, then you so don't need a license. All right, that's a good yeah. idea. That's very clever. Yeah, yeah, it's called Copper Lake. It's an old spur, I think, which he converted into a brew pub. Brewing. Thank you. Yeah, and then he, his brewery is out at Lanceria, and that's where where the license premises are. And that's how he got around the Gauteng Liquor, liquor. liquor Act. Um, Let's keep that in mind, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and again, on, on my recent trip to Munich, um, I chatted to a few craft brewers, and most of them obviously love brewing, which I don't think is what you are after. You, like me, like the idea of having a brewery on the site, but they then go and brew at different breweries. They don't. Own, most of them don't own breweries. They just go and what they call gypsy brew at different yes, breweries, yes, make and their beer, and obviously then bottle it and sell it. I think the red tape in Germany might be even harder than here. Probably. Probably. Yeah, mm. but um, um, like you say, yes, the brewing part is lovely. But I would rather, I would even like it if someone else would do the yeah. brewing, but on site where we're serving the food and, and yeah. have the ambiance and that all, all together. It's a nice package together. Yeah, and, and, and of course the distillery, even better. <laughs> <laughs> do the whole lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, 
So let's chat a bit about the challenges of, of running a restaurant or a German restaurant. I mean, can you get all the ingredients you need in South Africa? Is it, is it most of it, yes, I must say, most of it. And then, um, yeah, uh, no, you can really. Sometimes it's not available in Natal, you've got it up from Joburg, but um, mm. you know, courier and companies, it's, it's not a problem. And a lot of it we do ourselves, you know, like the, the, the dumplings or the spätzle mm. or sauerkraut. We, 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 we do ourselves, so it's from scratch, yeah. uh, handmade spätzle okay. uh, every morning. Yeah. And what I found interesting is, in, in Munich at least, it's more the dumplings, and then in Stuttgart it's the spätzle. Spätzle, correct. So yes, explain yeah. what a dumpling is. It's okay. uh, made out of... Um, you can either do potato or bread. Okay. You get two different types, yeah. And it's a round ball. A round ball, which is then steamed. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the potato ones is, is boiled mashed potatoes, um, and then they bind it with, with egg and flour okay. and then spice with a bit of nutmeg and, and, and like that's very steamed. Bavarian I guess very Bavarian yes yeah. Yeah. the bread dumpling they also do in Stuttgart or in, in Swabia a bit but also more Bavarian so that's also actually um, I wouldn't say stale bread but old bread you know that you can't yeah. eat which is then soaked in, in milk with bacon and onions and also made into a dumpling shape and steamed. Yeah. Yeah. Spätzle, very different. That's just a, a type of pasta, really. That handmade of, pasta. Yeah, but instead of drying it um, like the Italians do and then boiling it, we, we make it fresh, fresh and we, we press it through a press straight into um, boiling or simmering water. Okay, yeah. so do you have to make every day on every order? Day. No, no, we make in the morning a whole okay. lot, yeah. And then you can warm them up. It's nice to fry them up in a pan yeah. with a bit of butter and, and salt pepper, a bit of nutmeg, and then it gets served onto a plate. And there's no, there's no shortcut to that. I mean, the stuff that you can import from Germany. You can buy the dried ones, that yeah. do, but they don't, first of all, they don't look the same and don't taste the same, okay. definitely not. Uh, and it's a basic mixture. It's really just flour, eggs, salt, water. Okay. If you think about it, yeah. There's yeah. no yeast in there or anything like that. Or, yeah. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> nice with the gravy and then a typical um, Stuttgart dish is what they call Käsespätzle yeah. which is then those those pasta dishes or those the Spätzle and you fry onions up with the pasta and then Emmentaler cheese bacon bits and then you put it in the oven like similar to a macaroni cheese something and bake it and okay. with a salad it's a very popular dish in, in South of Germany. Okay. Yeah, lovely. My brother-in-law was uh, a tennis coach in Austria, and we went with friends of his into the into the hills on a hike. Mm -hmm. And it was in summer, so it wasn't snow. But right at the top, there was an Altenhütter. And we sat down to eat lunch there. And this cheese, and, and my brother-in-law, Roland, ordered that thing. And the cheese was so strong that he couldn't eat it. <laughs> and, that and, the, and, the, and the local... Two local guys with us laughed. <laughs> they, they uh, you know, they just swapped the plates and uh, ate that meal because they knew there's no way the foreigner could eat that. Yeah. I mean, it, it just yeah. smelled like a, a you know, dairy. It's a very strong cheese. Oh. We don't use a strong, a stronger yeah. one, yeah, because like you say, it's not everyone's taste. No. Uh, but it is a very can be a very well mature cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll never forget that. Lovely. Oh, I enjoy it with a nice salad. It's delicious. Yeah. yeah so no meat. No meat. Uh, yeah. You can put some people put bacon in. Some even mix, sometimes they mix a bit of sauerkraut in. So you can vary it. Um, okay. Mm. But I think the fried caramelized onions that come on top at the end that just gives it that nice flavor yeah. with the cheese. And, and I, gu I guess the the sauerkraut the the acidity of the sauerkraut just cuts also, cuts, cuts into the rich yeah, into the richness of the of the food. So people often don't I find that 
I mean, and you can't blame them. People don't know how to serve sauerkraut. Um, True. It has to be warm, eh? It should be. I mean, some regions they have it cold too. Okay, so they do. Yes, all, yeah. All wrong. But, uh, yeah, but it's like more like a, a side salad type thing than where it's cold. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we we prepare it. I mean, a bit differently between Germany because in Germany it's very sour. That's yeah. how it should be. Okay. Yeah. We when we but cook do, do you stuff, think it's because of the acidity and the rich food, or why? Do you, why do you think that? What that it, that they like it sour, or that it is? Yeah, that it's sour. Was it just because you had to preserve it for the summer? And that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's fermented. Hmm? Yeah, it's yeah. fermented cabbage, cabbage, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Now, what else is in there? They're just really spices, you know, bay leaves and cloves and that, and a lot of salt they put in. Do you in. make your own, yeah? No, we no. don't. But I buy imported one. We get in 10 kilo okay. um, uh, containers, tins, and then we doctor it. Yeah, we add, we, we put some um, castle bones in there and that when we boil it up, some more bay leaves, some white wine, okay. um, just to give it a bit of that nice flavor. And okay. um, we do that every day as well. We do a wow. pot full there. Yeah. And what I was saying is that it's traditionally quite very quite sour, and we've noticed that the local South Africans it's too sour for them. Yeah. So we've added a bit of sugar to it, and, and now people are like, oh, they love it. Yeah, yeah. Sauerkraut. Yeah. Well, the odd German will say it's too sweet for yeah. them, which I understand. No, it is a bit sweet. And, but they are, like I said, they have it cold as a salad too. What they call slaw, they yeah. uh, they cut off their potato salad and. As a, um, it's quite popular too then or on a on a bread roll with um, some cold ham yeah, yeah. okay we, we talking about potato salad we we had friends at the German school a, a young family and I think they were from kind of Berlin area mm. or the east old uh, old east Germany and I mean she she showed us they always had a dish I mean how big is this dish a, a five liter dish yeah of potato salad was always in the fridge and the kids would just like open the fridge yeah, take, take yeah. a bowl of potato salad eat it and life carries on yeah. I mean I, I guess where I come from it's more the bread homemade bread and uh, I don't know yeah that's also popular but yeah, you're right it is it's, I mean, especially in, in that like say Berlin and up north the potatoes yeah. is huge thing that yeah. is uh, a big thing and they would have potato salad is like you say a staple yeah. staple diet yeah. and how popular is that in, or is it part of the southern German um, it is but they do a different type there whereby the north one is more like we know the mayonnaise based type Lots one of mayonnaise cold. Or yeah, creamy. the south Germans do a warm potato salad okay. yeah, where they, but no mayonnaise okay. it's um, soaked with or, 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 or yeah I would say cooked up to hot potatoes once they come out of the pot peeled mm. and cubed they add um, vinegar, oil, chopped onions, bacon pieces, and mm. um, then they keep it warm. And then you let it soak into the potatoes, and that's how it's served then. It's delicious. Okay. Very yeah. nice. But black peppercorns over the top. Very good, yeah. And meat, we already know. It's mainly pork. Um, mainly pork, yeah. The yeah. Chicken, I guess. Chicken also, the bright handle is very yeah. popular, especially down the south. There's... Um, Definitely. I think it's also changed over years. Also, they don't eat big meals like we do, um, you know, in the evenings. Yeah. That's more just a fast bite. It's, it's cold meats and, and fresh bread rolls and that, that day, or rye breads. Yeah. That's more evening meal for, for the Germans. Okay. Yeah, they don't believe in eating a, a, a full meal. Yeah, in we the definitely evenings. eat too much in South Africa. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I think uh, yeah, the, the, the pork is definitely, they like their steaks, but it's the affordability thing. Beef yeah. has become very expensive. Lamb, they don't hardly ever have. Yeah. Yeah. And fish is quite big, especially in the north. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and pickled fish. Pickled and fish, and herrings. Uh, oh, I love that stuff. Yeah, lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Marches. Uh, that's, that's good. But and where is curry was from? That's a good question, yeah. yeah um, they call it a Berliner curry voice. So, okay. uh, uh, they say, and there's even a curry, Berliner curry museum, voice museum okay. in Berlin. So it, might be yeah. from there. it is originally there, but mm. I think it came over more from the Pol- Turkish side or okay. Polish. I wonder, yeah. No, I think Turkish, from what I know. Is, yeah. Well, the national food, uh, I mean, the national German food now is definitely the Turkish pizza, which is. <laughs> a wrap sure, with uh, what do they call it? Uh, not a shawarma, a gudurna. Gudurna, yeah. I watched a, a clip on or a movie on on YouTube on on Döner and the whole business of Döner. It's, it's huge. I mean, it's way bigger than McDonald's ever yeah, will be in yeah, Germany. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's true. Eh? Yeah. Well, there's like you say, on every street corner, there's a vendor there doing yeah. these Döners, eh? and they're good. They're very good. good, lovely. I mean, yeah. we, we, I had and probably one. healthy. The, healthier than I had one at, uh, at the Munich airport before I came back to South Africa I had to have my last dinner from I don't know if he was Turkish but anyway that was kind of the goodbye for me but what what I didn't see in Munich was was the currywurst yeah I know it's more um, Berlin hmm. area and, and north of that um, towards Bremen, Hamburg and that yeah. so I think it is more North German and it's just a sausage with, with a bit of curry tomato yeah, no, curry paste tomato or? curry uh, paste um, and then they slice the sausage up and pour the the sauce over it yeah. and then, you know, it's normally also just at the at the stalls and you get a little plastic fork and yeah. pommes your chips with it okay. yeah. and then in Bremen where, where I spend a, a year or so working for Unilever it's that is where the fish heads are, the fish kupfer. At the, uh, yes. Bremerhaven. Bremerhaven, yes. And, uh, north. North, yeah. And towards um, and Lübeck. And, uh, and that pickled, that herring, what, did you ever have to work with that? Not really. I know I know it, and we do yeah. serve it, yes. But um, just we always get it. it's available in. everywhere in South Africa. I mean, it every is. pick and pay. Or all have it now, the roll mops. Yeah, the pickled roll herring. mops, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a bread roll with, instead of a burger, there's a fish. Fish, yeah. A pickled fish. A, and it. it's a pickled fish. It's not even, it's, it's practically yeah, so it's raw, raw still. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it's pickled with onions and gherkins and lots of vinegar. And, and the yeah. supermarkets can probably afford to carry it because it's got a long shelf life. And that's right, yes. Yeah. We serve it, yeah, as a, as a Rolmops Holzfrauen art, which is then the topping that comes on top. So we, okay. we serve it as a starter, and that's then um, soured cream on top, chopped apples, mixed herbs, and that, okay. that comes on top of the on top of the pickled herring. Wow. And I serve it as a starter, yeah. It's delicious. And people love it. Yeah. Yeah, well. people that know it I think it's yeah. A, yeah, a lot of people don't know it of course and they mm. think it I mean, looks strange most people like, yeah. imagine starting a sushi sushi bar before before it became popular it must have been a hard for hard sure. sale for sure and yeah. here you are selling raw fish to yeah. us yeah true yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I say that's more a North German dish mm. and also the Bismarck herring the salted okay. ones yeah. also very nice yeah I went, I remember going to, and that was early, and we go to the, with my family out in the, to the hamburger, hamburger fish market, because it's open to the public in the, in the morning, so you've got to be there at like five o'clock, and they're all selling their wares, all this fish that's come in, and they also, they got, yeah, five o'clock in the morning, they're serving beer and a, and a, and a roll mops bread, bread roll, you know, on a nice crispy bread roll, right? 
In the, in the south it's more beer then certain parts of Germany it's definitely more wine wine well, yes definitely um, yeah. but Durkheim my wife lived in Bach Durkheim and that's like the wine region of, of Germany yeah. um, no wine's huge especially down there in, uh, down the Rhine and, that, and they have their yeah. lovely wine festivals and that I mean it's always um, love doing it so when they also what do they call it the, the um, Neuwine when when they just started um, harvesting and that okay. they have all these lovely festivals and that um, yeah, sell Did their you wines. manage to attend those? Sometimes, yes. I, sometimes we had to, with, also when I was at the hotel school, we'd have to go and work at functions okay. like that as well, you know, just to yeah. gain experience. Okay. Uh, that was more around the board and say Uber King and that. Uh, it, was, it was good fun, yeah. 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 And lots of small wine farms, isn't there? So, you know, not like, yeah, where we have quite big ones too. Guys have small wine farms, and then of course it goes to a co-op, and um, okay. then wines get made from that region, the Rhine region, yeah. or Mosel, or wherever it came from. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and tell us a little bit about um, the family and the distillery. I mean, I've, I've I've got some friends from Hungary, and they you know they say if an apple falls from the tree, you know, off it goes, and they distill it and make something out of it. Um, mm. The culture of distilling in Germany. You mean that family in, yeah. in, in Germany? Is yeah. it a business or is it more for private use? More for private use, yeah. yes. Yeah. They do, but just around, you know, with the locals. Like I say, it's a small little community. Mm. In that, uh, and so it's more for, they sell to mm. the locals and that. Everyone comes and uh, takes their little bits when they have. And, and when it's finished, the one type of fruit, then they wait for the next season for different fruits. That's either cherries or apples, yeah. like you say. Yeah. And they don't need the best apples that go for export. And if they're a bit bruised and that, it's not, it's not a problem. Yeah. So it's like a grappa. They use the dregs, you know, yeah. just like the... It is, it is something, and I see that in my parents, or at least my mother and her family, that nothing gets thrown away. Everything, there's a use for everything. When the bread gets stale, they make dumplings. You yeah. don't buy stale bread or breadcrumbs to make dumplings. Yeah, you only make dumplings when there's yes, old bread. Oh, that's it, yeah. And when there's fruit falling off the tree, you make schnapps. It's not like exactly. you're planting trees to make schnapps or plant, planting fruit. <laughs> Roots, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. sometimes we, I say to my cousin who lives in Cape Town, who's, who's in with the trendy crowd, if, if, if he could pickle my mother and her sisters and take their recipes and, and open a shop in Cape Town, it would be very trendy. I'm sure. You know, be, yeah, everything right. handmade, everything yes, pickled. Of course, they love it. It's handcrafted. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And only a generation ago, that was normal. True. Maybe yeah. two generations. Yeah. I mean, we certainly didn't do anything. No, definitely nothing gets what got wasted then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so my true. grandmother made her own butter on the farm. and Yeah. Um, Bread was baked daily. Yeah, the family, yes. Yeah. Which I think maybe some German families still do, yeah, especially out yeah. northern Natal area. So it's a big thing. I mean, it's the best uh, nice yeah. fresh home-baked bread. <laughs> do you bake here? Yeah? Uh, not really. No. I used to every now and then, but it's just a time and space mm. thing. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah you've got a very small kitchen. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Uh, I'd love to. Pretzels. Yeah. Mm. But we do get pretzels in from... Uh, 
baker up in Kranskorp okay. bakery is, uh, which is quite nice and then we just warm them up in the oven it's lovely okay. some butter or schmaltz yeah do you, do you ever serve the, the Weisforst and uh, I do um, we get it from local German butchery but difficult one because you've got to sell them you Same can't day. freeze them or anything okay. like it. So they've got to be sold fresh. And it's, again, not everyone knows of them, not yeah. everybody's taste as well. So if yeah. I know people are coming that want that with their sweet mustard, uh, then definitely yeah. it's in a pretzel. And that's something that I think one must enjoy in Munich. Eh? It's uh, the breakfast of Munich, isn't it? Definitely. What is the ritual there? With a Weisswurst yeah. from shopping. Man. <laughs> so you have a beer for breakfast, a Weisswurst, a pretzel and a, a, and a schnapps. Afterwards, yeah. to settle it all there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, it's uh, they call it their free shop and vice versa, and a pretzel, yeah, yeah. And a beer, yeah, and the schnapps is yeah, that's just voluntary afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that the Germans have a word for it, I don't think anybody else has a word for free shopping. Mm, no, probably not. Uh, how would you interpret it? And uh, and Mark Schultz said to us, who, who was who organized our trip to Munich, he calls it the early scoops. Early scoops, yeah, which, okay, yeah. <laughs> which he had an explanation where the word came from, but for me it just means having a beer before, I guess, eleven o'clock. Yeah. Well, for breakfast, yeah, yeah. 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 That's it, yeah, that is your breakfast, a liquid diet with a with a vice voice on the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but um, yeah, I think in especially in Bavaria, it's quite a. It's it's not and it's not that they want to go there to get drunk, but it's yeah. a nice outing. It's the, the men or the families, all men, who get together and they do their free shopping on a Saturday morning or something like yeah, that at yeah. the market or somewhere. Yeah, while the wives are shopping. Yeah, yeah. Mm. okay. So it's more a social thing too for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially the older generation. I don't know what it's like with the younger ones anymore. Yeah, they're probably also in a hurry to get somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Or <laughs> playing on their iPhones. <laughs> or that. Uh, Mm, yeah. yeah. So, what do what do visitors need to look out for when they come to Ziggy's? I mean, what is what is the highlight? Everybody, I think, um, associates German food with Eisbahn. Eisbahn, they but do. There's, yes, more, yeah. more there's definitely more. Yeah, of course, Eisbahn um, is one of our, yeah. our biggest sellers. But we do a different, not just the the pork dishes. Now we also do different schnitzels, which are yeah. then with baby beef. You know, different types of the traditional. Yeah. Vienna Art Schnitzel, which is just plain crumbed with yeah. lemon wedges and that. And, but then we do a Jäger Schnitzel. I like the creamy one with paprika. Paprika Schnitzel, yeah, that's with the creamed paprika yeah. sauce. Yeah. And then we serve that with a Spätzle, which goes nice with that sauce. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then we've altered. We, we do a lot of specials where we do different schnitzel. We have a Holstein Schnitzel on now, which is mm. then with, um, with fried tomato and a fried egg and then covered with cheese and baked in the oven. Crumbed a pork schnitzel. Delicious. Mm. Um, Oh, that's very popular. Um, Kessler chops, so the smoked pork chops with um, sprout sauteed potatoes and sauerkraut, popular. What we also do now, is, which is quite nice, is for a family. If they come, we, we call it our farmer's platter or Bauernplatter, mm. which then has a bit of everything. I say it's like a type of a German mixed grill because it has one ice bun on and two different types of schnitzels, one pork, one beef, two sausages. So we normally have a bratwurst and a, a a bockwurst or a weisswurst if we can get and a castle chop and then with sauerkraut sauteed potatoes a bit of red cabbage big platter four five plates come mm. out and everyone can help themselves and, and eat off there and that's it's very like, popular like yeah. eating at home yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that yeah it's yeah. nice and social with your Erdinger um, or Weissbier or your lager yeah, yeah. yeah. 
um, that, that's quite popular. Um, but even in the starter lines, you know, the um, deep fried camembert roll mops, we do a, what we call our Nazi teller, which is water from the north. So it's a bit of um, smoked trout, fresh salmon, thinly last, and the herring on a platter, mm. also, and with onion rings, with a bit of gherkins, bread on the side. And that's a lovely starter as well. Mm. People like that too. Yeah, so, yeah, it's um, apple strudel as a dessert. Of course, we bake fresh every day. Mm. Kaiserschmann. Kaiserschmann. Austrian dish, but it, oh, is it, Austrian? it is originally, yes. But they serve it at October over, and nobody wanted to eat it except, I think, I ate half of it. Really? Yeah, yeah you, get, you get a big platter when you get there, you know, mm. with all sorts of starters. And at the end, there's a massive plate of Kaiserschmann. Which, uh, you mean none of the German? No, Germans, of uh, the guys on our in our group. Really? That's the best. It's well, they were drinking beer instead of eating Kaiserschmarrn. <laughs> so okay, try the well, Kaiserschmarrn. I don't know if they got their priorities wrong or right. It's <laughs> <laughs> debatable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, give us some tips to the listeners that maybe own restaurants or, or establishments. I mean, how do you? Obviously, a beer menu helps. I mean, I know that you always have a beer menu. Mm-hmm. Um, how else can one sell or upsell or sell a different range of beers? Yeah. Except, I mean, you've, your family's always been able to sell beer. Is it just because, like I said before... You yeah, I think it's restaurant? important also to educate your staff and, and to try and upsell, you know, upsell it. And I often do, especially on the draft beers, if, if they're not sure, you know, they want to order a local mm. beer, I'd rather say, let me bring you, you know, we've got these three options on, on the imported beers. And you give them a taste. A taster, yes. Okay. Uh, and, and that, to 99% works. They, well, they, one of them will definitely, yeah. I like that, or I like that. Okay. Yes, uh, and they quite, they, they like that because they want to try something different. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people are just either skeptical and they don't want to order a whole one, so the tasting is, is a good option. Yeah. And often it's just it's difficult to make a decision, but they know we've got this and you yeah. know, the local ones, and they'll just probably order what they normally order anywhere else. Yeah, so yeah. I think that, that personal feedback to them and, and offering that and letting them taste it is definitely important. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, that, and, yeah, staff. I think it's uh, staff educating them on it, um, marketing it, yeah, mm. like you say, good boards out and that that it's available and put the price on at least then they see you know they might always also think oh imported beer going to cost me a yeah, fortune put the price whereby, yes yeah whereby it is yes it is more expensive than a local beer but not that much it's probably well, some of the local craft beers are, are same pretty price. expensive yeah. Yeah. same price you're yeah. right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, okay and uh, festivals, do you organize events and stuff? We do. I've been a bit slack this year, okay. I'll be honest. Uh, we normally do uh, October 1 a festival and then also a Mai Tan. So this year, I think we're too late to, you know, in the year now, December coming back. Yeah. But my plan is um, to do a, a, a Mai Tan, Tansen in Mai, which is on the 1st of May yeah. usually. And that's Where does that come from? Is that something that you make made up or is it... Is it a no, 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 it is... I, I'd have to yeah. do my homework a bit why, but every in Germany it's a big thing. They have the Maibaum, yeah. which is a, a big wooden pole that they have with all these streamers coming down, and yeah. then all the people in the village get together and they all everyone's holding onto a streamer and dancing around this okay. pole, welcoming the month of May into. So the, May uh, must be important because they also make a Maibok and a, That's right, yes. Yeah, it's, so it's got to do with it. It owns yeah. its own beer. Yeah, and the Mai Tans, Tans and in Mai. Yeah, yeah. Is that thing. a Bavarian thing or is it... North German, North more, German. Yeah, but they, they do it all over 
Germany mm. now. It's always, a, I think, a good excuse for a, for a party. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's always a good excuse. When the weather is good, you should party. And that's it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, in, mean, and in Saltrock, the weather is mostly good. 99% of the year. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, it's yeah. A, um, so come for So we, we could have a Mai Tans every month, uh, yeah. every day. Uh, yes, you yeah. We should. Yeah. And you have a local umpa band or some. Well, we've brass got uh, we've got a brass band. Yeah, some local um, guys. They they practice every Tuesday now, which is quite nice. They practice here. Um, no, at uh, at one of their houses, okay. but then they come here once a month now and they do a, a little get together and I give them a meal and uh, yeah. some beers and uh, yeah. So do they make some noise or not? I mean, do they um, play the instruments? They do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, they got. Mm, no, so they when do. is that? They they would come once a month, so okay. I would have to let you know. Yes, yeah. uh, is it on your, it on your Facebook page or not? Uh, it, it will be on. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> putting pressure on me yeah, now. Yeah. It's, uh, I've got to get some dates sorted for them um, yeah. to do it. It would yeah. be quite nice for the it locals to to just yeah. casually pop in when they when they happen to be here. Uh, yes, be, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's one thing good. that I find interesting is that so many Germans play musical instruments. I mean, it seems normal there, but yeah. I mean, obviously we learn it at school. We, yeah. But uh, but like you say, it's not like there. Yeah, where well, everybody belongs to a society. They either sing or they play some instrument or they're part of the fire fighters True. club. Or, True. or yeah, something. always something. Always or Schutzenverein. Yeah. Schützen yeah. yeah, and that. And, yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. those are nice little things that one can use here too. Okay, I think so. And that's the nice thing in Germany. I think especially in the smaller little towns mm. or, or villages out mm. in, in the rural area or farming areas there, um, they always got something on the go. Like you say, every weekend there'll be something. If it's not the Schützenverein, it's the Schussverein yeah. or the Fußballverein, they always they always do something. Yeah. And my family, especially in the north, they all on little live in like little, on plots and that out in the country. And there's always something on the go. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It's it's always exciting to come here. I love the the, the culture. That, I mean, what I've learned from your dad. He was a kind of a mentor for me. He taught me a lot of things about serving beer and just the whole culture around the German drinks yeah. industry. Yeah, I he guess. was a true Bavarian. Yeah, yeah. He loved and, his beer. And, <laughs> and the big lesson I learned, I'll never forget, was when when. He always said, the foam is the profit. And he did. <laughs> you know, make sure there's a proper big, head on big the head, beer. Yeah. The big head is, is, uh, leads to more profits. Eh? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah, I know. And uh, the proper way is, I mean, in Germany, you would never um, serve a beer without a head on the top. Yeah. Because people would... Um, leave that for the English. Correct. Yeah. yeah that, 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 good beer's got to have a nice, firm yeah. um, foam head on the top. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks, Chris. Anyway, thank you very well, much. Nice chatting to you. And Appreciate guys, it, yeah. just tell us where to find you. Yeah, we um, 65 Basil Yulatov in Salt Rock. And that's the main road in Salt Rock. The main ocean road, yes. So yeah. very easily. If you're coming off the highway, Salt Rock or Framp. Or Belito or Framp, you eventually end up in Salt Rock anyway. That's it. You can't miss us. There's <laughs> a big signage outside on the main beach road. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And uh, the... Importantly, there's something to do for the kids. So if, you, if the dads get distracted at the bar... There's a bit of activity. I mean, there's there's a playground. Playground, jungle gym, trampoline, swings, 
Yes, all there, and you can watch your kids from the deck overlooking. They're yeah. safe. It's fenced in. They can't run out onto the streets or anything like yeah. that. So, yeah, definitely um, ideal for families. Yeah, that's very uh, close to the beach as well. You can walk to the beach from here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and there's one thing I think in. in in Germany, it's always involves the family. It's definitely. not you're not going to, yeah. to the bar on your own. No, or no, getting no definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. No, definitely a family restaurant, like I say, um, very family orientated. And yeah, and please come join us. Yeah, come yeah. try one of our dishes or a nice um, German imported beer. Yeah. yeah, or just a soft drink if you want. We do we do that too. Good coffees, cappuccinos. We got it all. Yeah, yeah. and you've got a website, Ziggy's. Siggy's German Restaurant. Okay. Yeah, and then of course on our Facebook page yeah. too. Okay. okay. I was talking to you, Chris, as always, and uh, we look to we look forward to seeing seeing you and learning a lot more about German beer, German culture in in South Africa. There we Cheers. go. Hey, okay. Thank you. Thanks, Olga. Cheers.